It's time to settle in with Love Talk with the love ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Thanks, Gavin. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood in Austin, Texas, and this is Evelyn Davidson. And on, online for the rest of the love ladies is Kathy Enderbrock and Coach Carrie Brinkater. And we are excited to be here. How about you, Carrie? Oh, my stars, Miss Evelyn, this is uh, so great. I just, I can, I am so amazed and in awe of our amazing producer, Gavin, who has put everything together so we can live stream on um, each other, basically. I can see Kathy, we can hear you, we can hear Gavin. So it's it's just wonderful to be able to, to do this, uh, even though we're not in studio today. And welcome, Kathy. Great to see you today. <laughs> It's great to be here today. Carrie, Miss Evelyn, listening friends, what an amazing Saturday looking at everything around us. The plants are are budding out. We're getting ready for this beautiful spring. Like Easter is right around the corner. I can almost just see the Easter bunny decorating all of those beautiful eggs and getting ready for all the Easter egg hunts. We are, even with all that is going on, uh, it's getting us to take a look at life in a very different way and to value the things that maybe we haven't been valuing properly for a while. We have a great program, Carrie. I love what you've put together for us today. Well, we are in unusual times, my friends, and uh, this is the first time that we've been with our wonderful listeners since the COVID pandemic, and uh, I know that you're probably sitting at home right now listening to Love Talk, uh, which is, um, you know, we've all just, we've kind of been at home, and it's just interesting times. So, uh, you know, today's show is titled Fears, Facts, and Faithfulness, because so many times I think we can just get stifled by our fear. I told my family we were on a walk uh, Sunday after church, <clears throat> After our live stream church, we went on a, on a family walk and I said, okay, the 90 day free trial for 2020 has expired and I do not want to renew. (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19 has us all feeling a bit different, a bit off. It's forced us to look at the world through a new lens. Today we will be challenged to critically think of this time in our history. Absolutely no one is untouched by this global change of plans. Our expectations for the near future and for the distant future have shifted. And, you know, um, today we're supposed to be at a track meet. That's on the calendar. Um, and we're not, obviously. So your expectations and your plans, are you nervous? Are you anxious about finances? Are you afraid about your health or the health of those around you? Are you feeling worried? Are you feeling calm, fearless, strong? Are you leaning on the promises of Jesus? In the words of Franklin Graham, he said this about the coronavirus. During this time with the coronavirus, fear is gripping the hearts of people around the world. There is a mountain of anxiety and alarm, and it is still building. It is as real as the virus itself, but it is treatable. There are people in need that we can reach out to and help. Like a fireman runs to the fire, the church needs to respond to crisis around us. We who are the church need to stand up and be the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about that today as uh, we look at this fears, facts, and faithfulness. Um, key verses for today, my friends, is Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. I love that image, especially mm-hmm. um, here in springtime. Uh, and I hear the birds chirping every single morning when I wake up. Um, and then Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So just a few things for us to think about. Now, Miss Evelyn, what have you and Van been up to during this stay-at-home order? 
Well, I guess I'll have to say I'm trying, working really hard to be my own best friend. (laughs) Yes, uh, social distancing is not really one of my favorite subjects. That means you, you know, you cut yourself off from your family, and sometimes we do that out of out of meanness, you know, we don't get what we want, so we say, I'll take my feathers <laughs> and my toys and go home. Uh, or sometimes it's when we uh, get cross with uh, our boss at work. All of these things uh, are called social distancing. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a, for us, it's a time to really the Lordship of Christ in our lives and reading and writing. And I've been real busy, as you all know, writing my new book. It's called uh, uh, Love Talking and Love Walking. And uh, you ladies and a lot of friends are writing in it. And it's, uh, it's, it's really an exciting approach to who we are and who the Lord Jesus is. And it's called Love Walking and Love Talking and Love Walking. And, um, it, because um, we are the apple of his eye. Uh, he loves us. He wants us to have fellowship with him. And so what we, the, one of the best things I think we can do during this particular time, uh, you love ladies, is to pray and be cheerful and joyful and trust God for what it is he wants to do in us first and then what he wants to do in the way of delivery. And that is not hard to do. It isn't. And when you look at it from that point of view, uh, you know, it is, you are di- at a distance, but you're totally involved. And God says, it is a matter of my mercy and my grace that I, the Lord Jesus will walk with us and talk with us and um, make our life what it would be designed by him. And so that's what I'm thinking about these days. That's what we're working on. And uh, we we're not depressed about the, some things that are doing because we've been worse times than this in America. It's interesting, Miss Evelyn. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about the perspective that you bring to all of this because, you know, for many in the United States, this is the first uh, kind of major uh, time of having the world turn upside down, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we're really looking forward to today for you to bring perspective about times within our nation's history when we have gone through things that are are far worse. And I I love that you bring out the fact that sometimes we have purposefully engaged in social distancing, but it's probably the first time any of us has ever had someone impose it on us and on Mm -hmm. on Facebook, this one person compared it to a timeout that as a nation, (laughs) uh, we've kind of been put in the timeout chair. And so it's really important. What are we going to do in that timeout chair? Are we going to reflect? Are we going to think? And, you know, obviously when you get put in the timeout chair as a child, generally, yeah, you've done something wrong, but, but right now we're being put in the, in the timeout chair in consideration for others. And, you know, I think God is using this time to really make us evaluate as a church, those relationships and Mm -hmm. um, the value of being together and gathering together. And so we've actually really had an incredible time rediscovering the importance and priority of family time and going out and hiking together and biking together. And I don't know if I would have never seen this happen, but I, our kids are almost sick of technology because they have spent so much time on it over these last two weeks that, I mean, I tell them, Hey, let's put down our phone and everyone just drops it. I mean, it's like, no, I don't get all of the complaining and, and them saying, no, that's not fair. I mean, they're just happy to let go of it because they're, they're just almost sick of constant, the constant being on it. That's true. But you know, the fun thing about all this is all of the wars that are going on over toilet tissue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, that is funny. You know, it's just funny. I can remember as a child, we used newspapers at the end of the day, you know, if we needed a little cleaning up. But, you know, it is a perspective in this generation that everything should be perfect. And um, this is a surprise to a lot of people. 
Well, Miss Evelyn, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you do have just such a unique perspective as even yesterday, um, you know, there are more cities that are going under shelter in place. It's, it's across the nation at this point. Um, and, you know, many, many cities around the world are not able to leave their right. homes. Do you have any memories of a time in your life where you were scared um, about the uncertainty of the future? I, I mean, you were probably a teenager during the duck and cover days of the Cold War. Do you remember getting under your desk? Was everyone yes. afraid? What was it like? Yes. Well, it wasn't fun. And, you know, I'm a fun lady. <laughs> but uh, I, I do know this. It taught me some things that um, I probably would not have learned or experienced without them. Uh, it I was actually 11 years old uh, when the war was uh, um, started, when, ja- when Japan was, you know, on the warpath. And uh, we had a, my dad had a radio station, and he had a, a business that he ran. And um, there were four children in our household. I had an older brother, a younger sister, and a baby brother. And overnight, it seemed to me, uh Things changed rapidly. My dad uh, was um, drafted to go into the CBs, which is part of the Navy, because of the skills that he had in radio and in building breaches and things. And so just overnight, without our really fully understanding what was going on in the world, um, he got drafted. But he had prepared us to a certain extent because he had a lot of sense of humor. And at noontime, we had our major meal at noontime, and um, he would come home from work, and we'd have uh, lunch together. And a lot of times we had bacon and cheese sandwiches. And he said one day we were, you know, just worried about everything, or I was. And he said, well, y'all better enjoy this butter and bread and cheese and ham, he named all of it because he said, it, we may not get this anymore. And it, it really just stirred my heart to the point that I was totally confused, most of all. But you have to lay one thing down. We were not Christians, and we had no hope. And he was drafted. Mm-hmm. He, he went in, and uh, he served his term. He came home, and when he got back home, he... Uh, he developed his own business again. But, you know, when when you talk about living in fear, uh, it is mm, detrimental. It's, well, I can't say the word this morning. My, my speech is kind of bad. It is a difficult thing if you measure it uh, measured against your hope. And, uh, you know, fear is something that you just live with. It chases you down the street, and then he drives you back home. And, uh, you know, the skills Ed had became an asset for him. And uh, the, he, I remember one time he said we, we had bacon uh, for breakfast, and he said, y'all better enjoy this bacon because you may never get any more. And he would just make us think, you know, how precious life was. But not being a Christian, there was very little hope there. But, you know, uh one of the things that really ruled our life, and it was because my dad was in radio, uh, is radio connecting and listening and hearing and blessing. And my mom, we had an electric refrigerator. None of our neighbors had one. And every afternoon about 6 o'clock, she would dump all the ice trays, and she would we would take them to our neighbors so they would have cold water before they went to bed. Those are the memories that you can't wrap up. And, and throw away because they come, become a part of your life. And the, one of the most, exci- most exciting things that I think has happened in my lifetime is that fear that I had as a child, and it was awesome. It was horrible. I have none of that today. I have a, the assurance. Well, Ms. Evelyn, I... I, I I know we have to go to break. We are at the end of our first segment. And, I mean, what you have basically shared, listeners, I'm guessing that some of you, maybe fear is chasing you down the street and following you home. 
That is not the life that Christ has for us. That is not the Christian life. We are going to get into this and talk about is fear a healthy thing? What do we do with that fear when it is chasing us down the street? You're going to want to stay with us for Love Talk. We're going to go and hear from word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with you after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love, ladies, and this is Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we have Kathy Enderbrock and, of course, the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, as well, bringing you Love Talk today um, remotely. So it's a, it's a little bit odd, but, uh, but it's, it's working out great. And I'm so thankful to Gavin, who is just a whiz with all of this and technology and helping, uh, Love Talk to come to you today. So fear, facts, and faithfulness. I know that a lot of us are walking around, um, afraid of what the future holds. Uh, you know, I'm really not one that's prone to be an alarmist. I, I'm really not a chicken little. I, I don't run around proclaiming the sky is falling. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I really just thought this was kind of an overblown media ploy. And, and it, to some extent, I, I you know, I, I kind of still feel that way, but I do know that this is very serious. Um, I mean, my friends who are doctors and nurses that are on the front lines, they uh-huh. are getting mask a day. You know, they go to work and they have to wear one face mask all day long. They're running short on supplies. Uh, a good friend of mine is an ER nurse in Florida, and she drove up to work the other day uh, facing a giant refrigerated truck because they didn't have enough room um, to hold the the people that had passed away in the hospital. They uh. had to refrigerated truck, um, you know. And she's a breast cancer survivor, and she's still battling a compromised immune system. Yet she's risking her life every single day to save others. So, where does our fear live? Is it based on facts or hype? And right now, I believe that it is very easy to get caught up in fear, and there are very real fears out there, health, finances, safety. So today we're going to look at these fears and really look at the facts and then wrap God's faithfulness around those fears and around those facts. Kathy, what is fear? Well, So fear, when we're looking at a basic definition, it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or an immediate threat. Um, and, and to gain a wise perspective, uh, Carrie, Evelyn, obviously we have to face our fears. Fears can be healthy or they can be exaggerated and even sometimes paralyzing. And it really takes wisdom to admit that there are dangerous dangers around us that need to be properly and fearfully respected. And it also takes wisdom to see through the exaggerations and the fear mongering of those who use the pains of, of others for their benefit. You know, this one um, psychologist, he, he gave a really incredible example that helped me to understand fear and then truth and healthy fear. And he said, you know, if you are in New York, if you're a tourist and you have just attended a church service and now you need to go to the subway to get back to your hotel room and you, Mm. your your cell phone is low and you're, you're on your GPS and your, your phone dies and you have no GPS and you're trying to remember how to get back to the subway and you take a turn and it's a wrong turn and you find yourself in a dark alley and you see uh, a bunch of men in hoodies coming up behind you with a very aggressive stance, he says, will you feel fearful? And you say, well, yes, of course. I'm in a dark alley in a city I don't know, potentially a very dangerous situation, and guys are coming up to me in a very threatening manner. And he says, and you should feel fear because you need to get out of that situation. Your life is in danger. 
And he says, okay, now let's think about you're dreaming and you're dreaming of the same situation. And it feels like you're there. It feels very real. And you wake up and you feel fear. He says, should you be fearful? Well, the answer is, of course not. There's no real fear. There's no real threat. It was just a dream. And so what he pointed out to us is that your feelings, your emotions cannot distinguish between reality and what is truly going to happen and what is just make-believe, what truly is not going to happen. And so he says you cannot use your feelings and emotions as the compass for how you respond to things. Um, and that was a big wake-up call for me because mm-hmm. I think more and more, even within this nation, we rely on our feelings to decide everything about our lives. And we're told to do this. I mean, everyone says, oh, just follow your heart. Do whatever feels right. Um, but especially in this unique situation that we're in, we cannot rely on our feelings uh, to determine um, how we respond to this situation. I think if we did, we would go around, like you say, being chased around by fear. I, I don't know that I have seen a single positive mainstream media article about all of this. It's all very alarmist and the sky is falling and, um, and it, you know, nothing paints good news. And yet there are so many good things coming out of this and, and so many good things that God is, is doing right in this situation. So, Miss Evelyn, you know, of course, we have a healthy fear of our health and the health of others, right? You know, my daughter is going to work every almost every day at Chick-fil-A, and she's really the only one of us that is in close proximity with others um, on an, on a day-to-day basis. You know, so I wouldn't want her to come and visit you at your house and give you a big hug. Because she could potentially expose you to something that uh, could be dangerous. Um, So, you know, Ms. Evelyn, how, you know, a healthy fear of this virus, I believe, is responsible and we should respond accordingly. So what is a reasonable response for this fear about our health and the health of others? Prayer. (laughs) P-R-A-Y. E-R. You know, when we get to that point that we are so desperate for anything, we should have a strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the one that can fix it or he can kick it. You know, hey, we look at our life to the point that sometimes we get in just totally in, uh, in insecurity of who we are and why we're here. And that, that's not the kind of life he wants us to live. And so for, for a lot of people, fear is truly that of life and death. You get down to it. And, um, you know, we, uh, it, it, a good example in my life was when I came down with breast cancer. And I thought, my life is over. You know, I, I, all these things go through you in a matter. It's, it's just... Uh, uh, the business of what do I do next or what do I do best so that I might be what it is God's called us to be. Well, you know, that's kind of the way this virus is. It spread from China uh, to Italy uh, to America. Uh, it is big. But you know what? It's not bigger than Jesus. And so, you know, for seniors, uh, those of us that have compromised immune systems, it's nothing new. Uh, but when you look at it from the point of view that uh, God has brought this on, we, to a degree, have brought this on ourselves to the extent that we do, we have not fully mm, delivered the good news that Jesus Christ is coming again and he's going to take care of every need we have. And there's, there's a scripture, one of my favorite biblical authors is Timothy, and he says in Second Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I'd ask you today, do you have 
a spirit of fear that has totally mobilized or demobilized your life? Uh, or do you have the power of God's love in your life or love for what he is providing during this time? Or most of all, the thing that is so scary is of a sound mind. And you we're hearing and receiving news reports of all over the nation where people are putting uh, shotguns at their front door because they believe it's going to get so bad. And and that's that is fear way beyond uh, anything that is good for us. And so I like it like Timothy. God has already given us the spirit, has not given us the spirit of fear. But three things are important. His power, his love, and a sound mind. And that's what we would speak about today, ladies. That's where our identity is. That's where our future is, as we learn to love walk with Jesus and love talk with him. Will I give an amen on that? <laughs> amen and amen. And, <laughs> you know, I think a sound mind, we, are, we can look at the facts. We can be aware of what is happening. Um, we can be aware of the times that, that God has brought us to in this season that God has brought us to. We can be aware of that, and then we can act accordingly. And um, I think, you know, Miss Evelyn, when we opened in our first segment, you talked about one of the special things that, that you did in a time of war when, uh, you know, no one really had anything and, and you uh, were eating bread and butter sandwiches and you're, and you were a little bit displeased by that, but your dad said, hey, you need to be happy with this because mm-hmm. we may not get this next time. One of the things you did that you were able to do is you brought ice cubes to neighbors so that they could have mm-hmm. a cold drink of water. And so I think sometimes we get so stuck on ourselves. It's a wonderful opportunity to think of others and what we can do for others. I, you know, I admire the church that, um, the churches, some churches, there's a cowboy church in Georgetown, and the way that they're continuing to meet is that they're all getting together in their trucks and going to the parking lot, and, and, and then the service is being broadcasted, and they're all listening in on their live stream, but everyone stays in their car or in their truck, and it's just a really fun way of doing church. You know, for us, we live stream at home, and we stand up for the songs and to worship, and we actually um, have bread, and we have wine, and we're doing communion together. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric is starting to do some Zoom social groups with his buds. Um, they're just getting together, having a beer, and getting on Zoom and having a social hour. You know, I think that we can look at the facts of what is going on, and we can be aware, and we can respond accordingly. Um, and and we can say, okay, there, there is this fear of contracting a COVID-19 and and becoming sick. There's also a fear of carrying COVID-19, unwittingly giving the virus to to someone who is is older or immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. And and so we can say, yeah, we we can look at the facts. It, is that a possibility? Yes, it is a possibility. It it's still with the numbers. You, we are far more likely to die in a major car accident this year than dying from COVID-19. We are far more likely to die from an unexpected stroke or heart attack than to die from COVID-19. There are so many things just statistically that we will die from, and we are far more likely to die from than this virus. But it's wonderful that this virus has brought about an awareness of our mortality because that's the, that's the awareness that Christ always spoke to. Christ always talked about our life is <clears throat> a matter of life and death and he came to give us life. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, look at, we look at the facts that, yeah, this quarantine is unpre- unprecedented in our lifetime. That's a really cool thing that we're going to be able to share with our grandkids. Um, There is the fact we owe it to one another to pay attention, to look out for each other, and to look um, 
to be aware of those who need a bit extra protection within our communities. And we can all do our part to stop the spread, you know. Now is a great time to practice hygiene. When I went to the grocery store, they now have a glass in between. It's like a glass shield in between where you pay and the and the cashier. And I asked the cashier, I said, "This glass shield is new, right? I don't remember this being here." And she goes, "Oh yeah, it's to protect us." And I said, "From what? People sneezing on you? Who would do that?" And she says, "Oh no, people sneeze and cough on us." all the time and I thought that is ridiculous so I think it's bringing to our awareness there's lots of things that maybe we have been doing friends we should never sneeze or cough on anybody not during COVID-19 not during (laughs) any time ever 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 and you know we can look at the facts that this quarantine can be a huge blessing to recharge to revive and to rejuvenate the souls of our families and to be a time where we stop back, stop, and we look at what do I think of death? What does Jesus say about death? And I need to be prepared to have that conversation with Uh any on on social media that God would bring me into contact with. Well, you know, the fears, I think, uh, regarding there, there are valid fears regarding health during this time. And we have to be able to decipher between the healthy fears and the exaggerated fears, like you so eloquently mentioned there, Kathy. And the facts remain that we should do whatever we can to look out for one another. I mean, and, and it's strange that it's taken this virus for us to, to talk about that. We should always be doing that. The facts remain that we should always be doing what we can to look out for one another. Um one of my, you know, favorite groups of people is is older couples. I just have to admit, I just love them. I adore them. Oh, um, I'm so glad. That's why I get along so well with Miss Evelyn. Um, but we have several um, couples in, in our lives that are, you know, well into their 70s. And so I'm just making sure I'm calling them and checking on them and making sure they have everything that they need. And that shouldn't be something that I have to wait until there's a pandemic to do, right? I should be checking on on my friends um, more often. So we have the fears. We have the facts. Let's look at God's faithfulness. Friends, God remains faithful through all of this. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And then Psalm ninety four nineteen, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. You know, Miss Evelyn, you talk about this a lot, how, you know, um, having Christ in your life just really, it just makes a, a difference as in, mm-hmm. in everything. And this isn't... This is just a perfect example of how um, those without Christ are living in a world of fear because there is no hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, that that part, I think, to me, is really, really hard to wrap my head around. And I think that's why we have a bit different perspective is because our future is in Christ. Our future isn't in things and stuff and in this world. Our future is in Christ. So that that is definitely one set of fears is about our health. Now, Kathy, we know that there is a whole nother set of fears out there for a large portion of America. Um, the fear of losing a source of income, financial hardship. That absolutely. And I mean, we've seen such incredible success economically within this nation where um, groups of people who've been on unemployment for so long have been able to come off of unemployment and get jobs and uh, start experiencing 
some really great financial success for them, for their families. And now they're seeing that uh, getting stripped away. And I know that could be incredibly frustrating. It can financial hardship. I think when, when financial hardship comes, it really hits to the core of the value system. And it really puts you at a place where you have to um, take a close look at, at your behaviors and who you're going to trust. We know that we cannot rely on money. I mean, Jesus says that over and over again in the Bible. We have to steward money. We cannot re- we cannot view money as, as something that will save us or it, that cannot be our end goal. Money can never be our end goal. And so, you know, over this period, one of the things that, that we're doing <clears throat> within our um, school community, everyone who has a small business, especially restaurants, um, those who can are making sure to eat out twice a week and we're taking, you know, the to-go orders to help support these small businesses. We are, um, instead of ordering on Amazon, we're trying to order from the small businesses in the area to support them. But there, you know, there will be people right now who are probably looking at about a 30% loss on their retirement assets. Now, obviously over time, you know, long term in 20 years, those will very likely all be added back. But for those who don't have the next 20 years who need that money right now, yeah, this can be a, a real time of turmoil where <clears throat> we're having to take a close look and saying, well, what do I have to cut? What part of my life is going to have to change? I have to cut the Netflix out. I have to cut the entertainment out. I have to cut the eating out. I have to look at what I can do financially to um, reassess all of my spending and purchasing behaviors and, you know, maybe I have to get on Facebook Marketplace and start selling things um, in order to make the rent this month. I mean, I know that there's this $2 trillion spending package that's coming through. We need to be contacting our banks. We need to look at government sites to see how we can take advantage of those, especially as a small business owner. Um, but there are going to be people who are really struggling right now with depression because, you know, financial pressure puts a lot of pressure. I love that the church especially steps in during this time to make sure that people have food to eat. Uh, the government is saying that no one can be evicted from their apartment. No one can be evicted from their homes. Friends, <clears throat> if you are in a position where you are saying, literally, I do not have money to uh, eat today, you contact your church and you find out where they are setting up a, a soup kitchen or or um, where you can go. That church will have resources for you to be able to get food in your tummy and in your in your children's uh, stomachs as well. These are these are real life circumstances. These are the facts. And as Christians, you know, how do we respond to this financial fear and the facts of the financial downturn? Because it is real. And uh, we have to consider carefully how we respond when a financial crisis hits. Although we still live in this world, we are no longer part of this world. And that's what comes with being a Christian. And we have to choose to react different, differently than other people um, in the face of this hardship. So the more, most important thing we can do is trust in God's faithfulness, right? I mean, he is the one who created all things. He is the one who can give all things and take away all things. And I, I guess I didn't really understand that for a really long time. Um, but something like this, it really helps that to become more clear. You know, he has equipped each and every one of us with a unique skill set. And maybe this is a time for us to to decide what that unique skill set can provide for others during this time. Um, you know, it, it provides opportunity for us to learn maybe a new skill. There are so many free courses right now online um, to hone new skills, to, to gather new skills. I mean, you can learn a new language for free online right now. You can learn mechanics online right now for free. There are so many things that are out there right now for free um, that we just have to take advantage of. Money does not protect us nor provide for our needs. Let me say that again. Money does not protect us or provide for our needs. God does. In Matthew 6, 31 through 34, it says, 
Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And when we return to Love Talk, friends, I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this, Miss Evelyn, about advice that you would give for someone facing a financial hardship due to this pandemic. Um, because we know that, you know, small businesses are really struggling. We know that people have lost their jobs because their, their employers just cannot pay them because they are not essential workers right now. Um, lots of people are applying for unemployment. So when we return to Love Talk, this, this, the, the fear of financial hardship, the facts of financial hardship, but Ms. Evelyn's going to tell us how we can wrap God's faithfulness around this when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back to Love Talk, friends. We are talking about fears, facts, and faithfulness. Where are you at right now with this COVID-19? You know, we haven't been talking about COVID-19 these last few weeks because when I came out in uh, late February, early March, and we pre-taped a number of our Love Talk programs, this COVID-19 really was not, uh, we never saw this coming, I guess you would say. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of our first program back in studio now with you, friends, to really talk about what's going on within our nation. There's a lot of fear, but we love that there's also some facts that we can look at, and we know we can always trust on the faithfulness of God. And so that's what we've been talking about. We are in our last segment. I can hardly believe it. And, you know, Carrie, there's I love this program that you put together because it's really called us to the carpet. Um, that if we are in a place where, as Miss Evelyn said, fear is chasing us down and following us home, that is not the place that God has for us. He calls us to be aware of what is going on. He calls us to respond, but he doesn't call us to respond with fear. He <clears throat> calls us to respond with love, with grace, with power. As Miss Evelyn pointed out, he has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and a sound mind. And so let's get back to that sound mind that God uh, calls us to. Now, when we went out, we were looking at the financial situation uh, that many of us are finding ourselves in. Miss Evelyn, we, can we, can you talk about, we've talked about the fear, the financial, the fear of financial hardship. We've talked about the facts and, and Carrie walked us through uh, the faithfulness that God, um, God assures us through scripture that he provides for us in a practical way. I mean, what, what advice can you offer um, our listening friends, those, and those of us who are going through experiencing some, uh, you know, either a pinch or, you know, maybe a little bit bigger of a, of a pinch during this, during this time. Well, we have to be very practical and involve our family in the kind of decisions that we make and look at, our own expenses. And as we do that, uh, you know, we come up with some things that we and a family can do, and we have to be practical and uh, uh, just within ourselves ask, what is it? What is it that we can do to help this situation? And uh, there are a lot of things, money-wise, but one of the best things, I think, is that ice cream bucket at the end of the day that my mom did. This week, uh, there was a major issue uh, among construction people in Austin and uh, people that work outside, and uh, it shut down uh, some of the big, big projects that were going on. And it shut down some of the smaller uh, construction companies. Uh, a friend of ours or a member of our family is involved in that, and they desperately needed to get back online. And so they called and asked me if I'd call the governor. And I said, well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it opened up a way that I could counsel them. And would you believe it? And within 24 hours, all those people were back at work. So what we do uh, or should be doing is looking at the world and where, where we are and the, the, the needs around us and asking God to show us ways that we can be used by him 
uh, for these kind of situations. So it's in, you know, there he in Philippians four it says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned whatever situation I am in. I am confident. I know how to be brought low, ooh, and I know how to be abound. But in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of placing plenty, plenty and hunger, abundance and need. If we are really Christians who want to do something, we just go pray, ask God, what it is, what can, what can I do to help you today? So mm-hmm. it's simple. It's simple, you know, but it's hard work. It's hard work. Life, being a Christian in times of abundance, that can be really easy. But being a Christian in times of need, that can be where some great growth happens. And, friends, this is a really good point, too. If something is being done that seems very excessive at a city level, make sure you, you are contacting your governor's office because at a state level, those are where <laughs> most of the funds are being remanded. and our governors need to know what are what's happening within our within our states. I know a lot mm-hmm. more of the liberal states. Maybe they're taking more uh, excessive uh, steps, but in a lot more of the conservative states, if there are those liberal spots throughout the state, uh, sometimes those they need to be held accountable um, at the at the higher government uh, governor level. So don't be afraid of making that phone call, sending that email. Let your governors be aware of what is going on. You know, there's this a scripture in Luke. It says, Luke 12:22. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. And this is during this financial crisis. It is not our time to respond as the world does and have a worry fest. Instead, it is an opportunity for us to be witnesses of God's ultimate authority over the earth by trusting him to provide for our needs. You know, it's uh, these are real fears. They're real facts about health, about finances, something I've found myself really thinking about um, over the past week are the kids, the elementary kids, the preschool kids, the middle school kids, the high school kids that looked forward to school every day because that was their safe place. You know, oh, just it brings a, a knot in my chest as I as I talk about it. I've coached kids over the years that would tell me, you know, coach going to school was my sanctuary. Um, because my home life is so bad. Um, and, you know, my heart is breaking for, for these kids. You know, there's those of us out there that are like, yay, we get to spend time with our families. This is so nice. And I know that there are kids out there that are struggling because they have to be at home now. And um, they can't run to the protection of that teacher at school, the protection of that principal at school, that coach at school. And so, you know, it, it was just burdening my heart um, this past week. And so just I was just in prayer for those kids and I'm thinking, OK, how can we how can we help? Um, and, and what, what is your heart burdened for? Uh, this was something God just put on my heart. And, you know, so I would encourage you, and I know our teacher friends out there are doing such a phenomenal job of sticking with their, their classes and doing the Zoom online and, and, and all the things that they do. You know, I would say to our coaches, call your, your players. Um, see if they're doing okay. Uh, that's different than a Zoom chat in a classroom, right? Where um, where you're you're there and you can't really speak one on one. You know, check up on people. I, I I would encourage you to pray for opportunities to bless others. It could be you made you know banana nut muffins and you could just take a few over to that family and put them on their porch that you know would appreciate that, would enjoy that, um, and pray for God to reveal ways that you can make a difference during this time. Um, I don't know, Kathy, Evelyn, we, we just have about three minutes left. Is there anything that you've been burdened about during this time, things that maybe maybe we haven't discussed today? You know, I think it's a great time to pray together as a family. This has been something that um, we have kind of, uh, especially since our daughter went off to Baylor, we've kind of dropped that family prayer time. 
and now we've we've picked it up again. Praying for our nation right now, incredible. Praying for our president and his administration. Praying mm-hmm. for those who are setting policy right now to respond to this. Praying together as a family for what um, each of you are going through. Praying for your friends, lifting up those small business owners within your community. Friends, spend 15, 20, 30 minutes just um, together as a family in prayer each evening. You will be amazed the conversations that will come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Miss Evelyn, do you have any parting words before we say goodbye well, to our, I, our friends today? I just think we be, need to be really aware of what's going on around us, not to be, a, be afraid necessarily, but to be prepared. Because there are dangers out there, and we need to protect our families in that regard. But, you know, Jesus is walking with us. And you know what else you know? We're the apple of his eye. He's got his eye on us, and he will not turn us loose if we trust him and put our faith in the Lord Jesus. Mm, Very true. You know, there's countless things that we could choose to worry about during this time. But God wants us to put fear in its place. Are we experiencing healthy fears or exaggerated fears? Ask God to reveal those to us and stick with the facts. And please don't worry about speculation. Turn off the news, probably. (laughs) You know, um, there's only so much you can handle in one day. A healthy dose of that is all right, but turn it off uh, after it becomes unhealthy. God's faithfulness in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power, love, and self-discipline. You know, friends, it, it's an excellent time to find a church. There are so many churches live streaming now. I mean, you can have one church at 11 and then choose another church at 12 and not even have to leave the comfort of your couch. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's a great time to find a place where you belong. If you don't already have a church home, it's a great time to to find a church that's preaching the gospel um, and that is opening the word of Jesus and that is celebrating this time together. And Easter is coming for Friends, Easter is coming, and we're excited about that. But I would implore you to find a church to worship with tomorrow or tonight um, because there's an abundance of them out there. Friends, we love you. We're praying for each and every one of you during this time. If you want to contact us, please feel free. Call us on the Love Line, 512-249-6535. You can find us on lovetalknetwork.com. You can also find us on Facebook, and you can send us a message there. Until next time, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkinger, and for my colleagues, Kathy Endebrock and Miss Evelyn Davison, We are the Love Ladies. We'll see you next time on Love Talk.